In less than a year, our podcast has gone from an average of 10,000 downloads a month to 50,000 downloads. What made the difference? You leaving us a five-star review. The more positive reviews, the more the algorithm picks us up, and more people are confronted by the law and gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us press forward the crown rights of King Jesus by leaving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks. One of the most riveting and descriptive definitions of, of total depravity comes to us not by John Calvin, but Jacobus Arminius. He would never have dreamed of denying the doctrine of total depravity because it's basic Christian orthodox, orthodoxy. He knew people were totally depraved. The only difference with Jacobus Arminius, that's where we get Arminians, is not that he denied total depravity, that he thought that people were somehow born in a, in a moral neutral state. He knows that that's completely antithetical to everything the Bible teaches. Jacobus Arminius, all he thought was that people are born totally depraved, but that there's such a thing as provenient grace. And that provenient grace was something that would come to a person before saving faith actually occurred, and it would be kind of a, a window of opportunity unto salvation, a window of grace, and that under provenient grace, which often would come through the preaching of the gospel, perhaps in an old-timey, you know, revival meeting, that the Holy Spirit would work sovereignly this provenient grace, and that it would bring the individual person to a temporary state of neutrality. Not that they were born with moral neutrality. They were born even according to the father of Arminianism, totally depraved. But in some kind of moment, a window of grace, with the prevenient grace, it would bring someone who's totally depraved to all the way up. It would, it would temporarily suspend their spiritual blindness. So like the man who Jesus prays for, and he says, can you see now? He says, well, I see people walking around, but they look like trees. That would be kind of a, a good illustration for the doctrine of prevenient grace. That the person is not a Christian yet. They have not placed saving faith in Jesus yet. But faith is actually a work of man in this scheme, not a work of God, which for the record, that's wrong. And the person is able to place faith in Jesus because a totally depraved person never would, but somebody who's neutral would. And provenient grace brings them from total depravity and hostility against God to this temporary place of neutrality. It brings them not to perfect spiritual sight, but the, the momentary, temporary suspending of spiritual blindness where they all of a sudden can see for a little while and they can see a little bit. And with this spiritual sight, seeing men walking around like trees in that moment, in this gracious window, momentary window, provenient grace, they then, in hearing the gospel, must choose as a work of man, conjuring it up on their own, choose to make the right choice. Choose to make the decision, right? This is where you get guys like Charles Finney. He's the father of the modern altar call, right? Because the, the idea was in a decisionism, revivalism, Arminianism kind of church history, somewhat recent church history in our nation, think second, not first, but second great awakening. The idea was right now under the preaching of the gospel, come down to the anxious bench, right? That was your original altar call. Come down to the anxious bench and I'm going to preach just to you for the next 45 minutes. And people would come trembling. And the whole idea was decide, 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 make a decision. Now's the moment. 
Now's your opportunity. The window of grace is opened and it could close in the next 30 seconds. Who knows? You've been brought to this place of, of a temporary suspended hostility against God and all of a sudden you have a moment of neutrality where you can choose to fall back into your depravity, harden your heart against God or believe. And if you believe, then you'll be regenerated. This is the Arminian scheme. I'm saying scheme just means theological framework. Not necessarily a malicious scheme, although I think it is. Here's the point. Faith does not gain regeneration, but rather regeneration precedes faith. A person is born again as an act of God's sovereign grace alone and then responds with this new heart, being born again, being made alive, spiritually alive, a new creature in Christ Jesus. That person then places faith in Jesus. That's when they place faith in Jesus. But again, this whole idea of, of prevenient grace, these kinds of things that you're brought to, this temporary suspend, suspension, partial suspension of spiritual blindness, that's not the picture of a human child when they're physically born into the world. And there are many people who teach this, still to this day. There are many parenting books that ultimately affirm this. They believe that children are blank slates, that they could go either way. They teach moral neutrality when it comes to a child. And that's why it would be taught that you could train a child in the same way you train an animal. Because an animal actually is neutral. That's not part of the curse of sin. The, the part of the curse of sin is not that dogs have, have hostility towards Jesus in their hearts. No, it's that man has hostility towards Jesus in their heart. In iniquity, I was brought forth. And in sin did my mother conceive me. From the beginning of my life, that is a human being made in the image of God, their life, from the beginning of life, I'm starting off with a hostility towards God. Romans chapter 8 says that the mind of the sinful man, the unregenerate man, the non-Christian, is neutral, indifferent, uninterested. No. Hostile towards God's law. He does not submit to it, nor can he. He is unable and unwilling. Why? Because his nature will not allow for that choice. In the same way that the, the nature of a herbivore doesn't allow for them to eat meat. They won't do it. They won't do it. Why? Because it's not the way they're made. It's not their design. It's not who they are. The whole idea of the gospel is that we become new creatures. The whole idea of Christian faith, of salvation, is that we gain, by God's grace alone, a new nature. The reason why the Christian can say, as the Apostle Paul does in Romans chapter 7, in my inward being, I delight in the law of God. I love it. The reason he can say that in my inner being, I delight in the law of God, is because he now has a new inner being. He has a new heart. This is Ezekiel chapter 36, that the heart of stone is removed and replaced with the heart of flesh. Faith follows the new nature. Faith follows regeneration. And all this is the sovereign work of God and the sovereign work of God alone. God does this, and he must do it for all of us. He must do it for each of our children. And I believe, for the record, in covenant succession, even as a Baptist, and so I believe 
not as a 100% guarantee, but as an ordinary principle that we should eagerly expect that God will do it for our children, that he will, that he will save each one of our children. But listen, your children do need saving. That's the point. I believe he will save them, but they do need saving. You cannot train up a child from the womb in the way that you would train up an animal. Because the animal doesn't have a hostile nature against the law of God, but your child does. And to deny that is to deny Christian orthodoxy. It's not up for debate. Jacobus Arminianist, the father of Arminianism, would agree with me and not you. The idea that total depravity is not a thing the only, the only question is, is prevenient grace a thing? And would it overcome total depravity so that faith could precede regeneration? Or is there no prevenient grace, only sovereign grace, salvific grace, where regeneration precedes faith? That's the debate that's an in-house debate, a debate among Christians. Now, somebody's right, somebody's wrong, but you can have either side and still be within the bounds of orthodoxy. To debate total depravity at all that your child isn't totally depraved, that people are not born. That's not a debate that's in-house. That's a debate with Christians and heretics. Period. There's no question about that. It's not up for debate. 